Ramily, Ramily, Ramily. Welcome in to Ramsaholic Season 1, Episode 4. I'm your host, Shay. You can find me on Twitter at Shay Tweeted at. You can find all of our team at Toilets to Titles on Twitter. Today, we are going to go over the NFC West positional rankings. I will be ranking each group one to five, and I'm going to try to be as non biased as possible. You guys already know the drill. You can find all of our content, including articles, mock drafts, player rankings, and episodes at toiletstotitles.com. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to hit the like and subscribe buttons. Also, turn on the post notifications so you don't miss out on our daily content. And while you're on YouTube, the CFB Nation, make sure to put in the, the YouTube channel, is our sister network, and they bring you daily college football content. Show them some love by subscribing. Throw us an Apple Podcast iTunes review. And lastly, if you'd like to interact with the team, discuss NFL, fantasy football, or college football, or if you'd just like to get into our weekly mock drafts, reach out to me or Coach at Coach Sheps on Twitter to get into our Gilded Chat. Yeah, good friends going with the wind like Pac said. Legends never die, so we not dead. I'm a fresh white boy, you can call me a pothead. If you say I ain't got bread, hate my life. Oh man, White Wave. Uh, White Wave, shout out White Wave. He actually just dropped his mixtape. He's the one that did that intro. He's a local rapper from Fall River, the Massachusetts area. Um, I'm definitely going to have to post his link in the comments so you can check out his mixtape that just dropped. Some super fire there, man. All right, so we're going to start with the quarterbacks in the NFC West. Uh, Let me share my screen. All right, so as I mentioned, I'm going to be breaking down Every positional group in the NFC West, one to five, you know, with OTAs, camp battles, everything I already discussed in our last episode. The football doesn't really have much going on. You know, you have the DeAndre Hopkins sweepstakes and some some veterans still out there, but not a lot of noise. So I, I want to be creative, and I feel like the NFC West is one of the better divisions in football overall still. Outside of the Cardinals, it's it's competitive. So let's get right into it. Uh, At number one, Matthew Stafford, the only quarterback of the group with a Super Bowl. The man was injured last year. We had some offensive line issues. I know there's some people doubting Stafford still, but not only do I think he's the best quarterback in the NFC West, I feel he's the best quarterback in the NFC. There's going to be the Jalen Hurts backers, but he's got some time to to prove in. Not everyone can be blessed with one of the best offensive lines of all time. So 
I mean, my boy Stafford's about to come out this year and 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 throw some bombs. He's ready. He's healthy. He is the best quarterback in this division. And don't let anyone tell you otherwise. At number two, I have Geno Smith. This is a shocker because if I had to go prior to last season, I probably would have had Geno Smith not even on this list. I probably would have to throw Drew Locke in at number five because no one really knew that Geno Smith was definitely the for sure starter. Shout out Nino from Toilet to Titles. Um, he actually was on the Geno Smith bandwagon before the season even started last year. People were like, ah, I don't know about that, but he was right. Geno Smith actually had a great season, led the league in completion percentage, led Seattle to the playoffs. He has Pete Carroll as a coach, who apparently is a QB whisperer on the low. Russell Wilson had great seasons with him. Matt Leiner, USC. The forgotten Matt Liner of USC had championship seasons in college with him. So, I mean, he could take a quarterback and just make him great. And then you just t- look at who he has to throw the ball to. Jackson Smith now, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Noah Fant. Not the best offensive line, but... Geno Smith's definitely going to continue to do what he did last year. He may not play as good, but I think he'll play good enough to be the second-best quarterback in this division. At number three, Kyler Murray. My opinion, one of the more overrated quarterbacks in football, but I had to put him here. Um, He's undersized, injury-prone, likes to just bounce out the pocket a lot and either just run quick and try to get a few yards, or he just chucks the ball up. I mean, he's very erratic. Um, He definitely needs to learn to compose himself more, show more leadership as well. Like Matthew Stafford and Geno Smith showed leadership in their careers. Geno Smith, obviously, this past season. I still haven't seen that with Kyler Murray. It seems like he actually quits on his team when things aren't going his way. I'm not going to bring up the the – Call of Duty thing with him, hey, whatever you want to do on your off time, that's fine. Um, I think he definitely has potential to be a better quarterback than he's shown. He got paid, so he kind of has to be. And prior to this past season, people probably would have put Kyler Murray at number two. I I would have too. I still wouldn't put him ahead of Stafford, but the potential he was showing with the playoff uh, appearance versus the Rams, um, obviously they got blown out, but he still got there. They had 11 wins, and now it just seems like everything's going down. He's also injured right now, may not be back until November. And Arizona's looking like a team that's going to be playing for a top three pick. Uh, they just released DeAndre Hopkins. So Kyler Murray is going to be lacking that alpha number one wide receiver. He does have Hollywood Brown. Um, to be his new number one. I really wouldn't say that's a, a true alpha number one. Rondell Moore is undersized. He definitely showed some improved skills last year. Greg Dortch. So, I mean, we'll see. At number four, I had to put Brock Purdy. 
it was him and Lance. I was stuck between the two. I think Brock Purdy obviously has done better in his career thus far. Lance has been injured. Um, first year was sitting behind Jimmy G. So we really haven't got to see what Trey Lance can do. But based off what I've seen Brock Purdy do, I think he's the better quarterback as of right now. Do I think um, he's going to start the season? No, because he's injured. So it's going to be Trey Lance's job, and he's going to have to perform. Or if not, they will definitely throw Brock Purdy back in there. I will say one thing. I have him at four because I feel that he's not better than any of these other quarterbacks in our division. Uh, great system. Great offensive line, weapons, but I've yet to see him. You know, I have I seen moments in the Dallas game and, and the Eagles game, obviously too soon. What he did under pressure, he he's very erratic. He's a seventh round pick, last pick in the draft for a reason. So that's expected. And I feel at number four, that's where he belongs. I mean, the San Francisco 49ers team has probably had the worst quarterback in this division for some time now, and nothing changes this year. So at five, you have Trey Lance. Uh, like I said, it's a small sample size. This guy hasn't played much football in a long time. COVID happened, and... He didn't play much his last year in college. Then as a rookie, he didn't play much behind Jimmy G. Last year, he started, got injured, had a game against Chicago and the Monsoon. So we really haven't got to see Trey Lance get a nice sample size to know what he's really going to be. I mean, he definitely doesn't look like a guy that should have been picked at number three. This is his probably make-or-break season, so he's going to get this, the chance to start. Sam Darnold's there as well. I mean, I could have put Trey Lance back, backslash Sam Darnold here, but then if I bring Darnold in, then i got to bring in Bennett because I think he's better than him, um, and I think he has the potential to pass Trey Lance if Trey Lance doesn't show some improvements. He does have the team. He does have the system, so – to make a break season for him. All right. We're going to go into running backs now. And number one, I mean, it's kind of obvious you have to put Christian McCaffrey, one of the better running backs in football, um, a guy that was injury prone for the last few years and then last year didn't miss a game. Looked like a workhorse with the Panthers and then traded to San Fran where he also was a workhorse. Really took on that full-time role for them. Splitting touches with Elijah Mitchell in some games that Mitchell was healthy for. But overall, uh, McCaffrey showed he can do it all for this team. He was really Brock Purdy's safety blanket. He was getting them a lot of tough yards. In the Eagles game, when they lost their quarterback, he was really relied upon. And then once the Eagles stacked the box, it was hard for him to find lanes and holes. But McCaffrey is still young. I think he's 26 years old. Um, so uh, he's probably a top three, four running back in football still. Some people could say he's number one, um, and I won't even argue that. So 
it was a clear-cut, easy pick, Christian McCaffrey, top running back in the NFC West. At number two, Cam Akers. Akers came to life last year. It was looking like he was going to be in the doghouse, get traded, possibly get released. And he just went into a zone. Three straight 100-yard games. Really took on that leadership role for us with all the injuries. He was uh, thrown into a horrible offensive line with all the injuries. And he did his thing, you know. I do feel Cam Akers, one thing he does lack is his pass-catching ability, and I don't know if that's going to change. But I feel like if he could continue doing what he did last year, that would really help this Rams offense regain its groove. Hopefully we stay healthy, and I think he can easily get over 1,000 yards, and I'd put him as the second-best running back in the NFC West. And number three, Kenneth Walker. I probably put Kenneth Walker at two, but Charbonnet being there now kind of does concern me in Seattle. Um, they're both very similar, except Charbonnet's a better pass catcher, so I do feel he will lose that work. I feel like that's more of a threat to him than what Cam Akers has. Kenneth Walker definitely came on as a rookie, probably could have won rookie of the year. He missed some time. Um the offensive line, I really don't trust in Seattle. In that timeshare, I, I it's a possible timeshare with him. So I'm going to keep a, uh, Kenneth Walker at number three, but it's very close to passing acres if he can solidify himself as the clear running back go-to guy and also improve as a pass catcher, similar to Cam Akers. Um, at number four, James Conner. It's tough because James Conner is a beast, but he's always hurt. He's very injury prone. Um, of all these guys I talked about, he has the worst offensive line. He's going to go into the season with no Kyler Murray, so teams are really going to pay attention, try to take him out the ball game. They have Ingram there running back. So, I mean, Connor, he's good, man. He's he's definitely had some seasons where he's gotten touchdowns two years ago. Even last year, you know, he, he could score touchdowns, but I don't feel like he's better than any of the guys I have ahead of him. They're all younger. Um, McCaffrey, obviously, probably maybe up there with him as far as injuries, but McCaffrey's just a lot better when healthy. And then at number five, Elijah Mitchell. This is another guy um, uh, that's injury prone. But he, he showed some things in his rookie season. And then last year as well, he's a downhill runner. He runs hard. Uh, he's very physical. That's why the 49ers love him there. He's Him and McCaffrey together is probably one of the best one-two punches in football. It's tough to stop him, and then you have to worry about the speed of McCaffrey. And Elijah Mitchell does have some speed as well. So, you know, it hurts me to have two 49ers up here in my top five, but as we go through this list, you're going to see it is a lot because this team is pretty damn deep. So that's it for the running backs. Now, the wide receivers. 
one of the more fun positions in football now since it's a passing league. And I had to put my boy Cooper Cup at number one. Um, to me, you know, as I've been mentioning with these number ones like Stafford and um, McCaffrey, not only are these guys top position players in our division, but Cooper Cup to me is still the best wide receiver in football. That playoff run he had was amazing. Last year he was on a crazy pace as well up until his injury that we obviously just sat him because we were already struggling with injuries. Uh, Cooper Cup does it all, man. The guy can block, kills you in the slot, takes advantage of those linebackers that try to get cover him when he gets in motion. Um, he can beat you on the outside deep. In the red zone, he's just a smart guy, so he knows how to get open. He knows how to read his zone. He has great hands. He's a strong wide receiver. He'll put you on your ass. Um, no problem. To me, Cooper Cup is just so fun to watch, and I feel blessed to have him as a Ram. You know, hopefully he could stay upright this season. Last year, he missed time, and he's missed time before in his career. And, and he's every time he's in there, he plays great. You know, our first Super Bowl with Jared Goff, McVay, uh, we didn't have Cooper Cup, and I think that really hurt us in that game because Cooper Cup could take over games. He literally, him and Stafford, won that Super Bowl. He had three guys on him. He had bracket coverage. It's just him and Stafford together. That's a great duo that I wish we could have seen more of in Cooper Cup's earlier years, but we have it now. So Cooper Cup, clear number one in our division. I don't think many people would argue that if they're being realistic. Um, at number two, DK Metcalf. Guy's just a monster, man. Uh, I think with Geno Smith and just in general last year, his route tree just developed better. He wasn't just a deep guy. With Russell Wilson, he looked to always develop that deep ball, hold the ball long. Geno Smith looks to get the ball out quicker. I think we've seen a lot of improvements from DK Metcalf last year. He had more five-plus catch games than he's had in previous seasons. I uh, used to be like a four-catch, 100-yard guy. Now he's he's getting more catches, moving the chains. Had a great game against San Fran in the playoffs. They lost, but he did what he could do uh, in that first half at least until it, that game got out of hand. But. I mean, DK Metcalf's a baller. His size, strength, and now he doesn't have to worry about Jalen Ramsey no more. So, could have a monster season. Uh, at number three, Debo Samuel. He is more of a gadget guy. I don't look at him as a pure wide receiver. He plays running back. Uh, he could do it all. But that is his listed position, so we are going to put him here at wide receiver. Uh, Debo Samuel is a yak monster. He catch that ball, two-yard screen, and take it to the house, any possession. He's a tough guy, very hard to take down, very hard to get a hold of. Um, it's not a really big passing offense in San Fran. They like to run the ball, so he, does, he has a lot of screens. He's, he's running out the backfield. Obviously, when McCaffrey came over, he didn't have to run as much. Uh, Debo got paid, and it was deserved. You know, he's a wide receiver that you definitely want to have on your team. 
There's a lot of different things you could do with him, put him in motion, get the defense confused on what's he going to do. If he's in the backfield, play action, throw him a screen, play action, run an out route, put him back on the outside. Um, yeah, I think he's he's definitely the third best wide receiver in this division. Uh, at number four, Hollywood Brown. Talked a little bit about him earlier, that he's not an alpha number one. And I think that's very true. If Hopkins was still in this division, I would put him at number three, maybe number two. DeAndre Hopkins is a monster. Um, but Hollywood Browns definitely had some good games with Kyler Murray last year. He was a top five fantasy wide receiver for the first four or five weeks of the season. And then he got hurt. Um, and Kyler Murray got hurt. So. I do think we've seen Hollywood Brown improve last year from previous years. He definitely showed, as DK Metcalf, an improved route tree. I think he can continue to improve overall as a player. He will have to uh, until Kyler Murray's back. Not sure if even Cole McCoy is going to be starting for them, so it's going to be tough for him fantasy-wise. You're going to have to be patient with him. And in our division, he is the fourth best wide receiver. And then at number five, it was tough. Um, it was between Tyler Lockett or Brandon Ayuk. Uh, but I went with the guy that's more proven, the guy that's in an offense that's going to pass the ball more. Um, I think Tyler Lockett's a great player. He's undersized, but, man, this guy can get open. He could run out routes so good. And, and deep balls, man. A fly route. This guy's he's getting that ball, man. He could easily burn you for three touchdowns in a game. He's done it already. So, yeah, Tyler Lockett, fifth best receiver. Two Seahawks on this list. Uh, maybe Jackson Smith will be there soon. Or my boy Paku. We will see. All right, tight end. So George Kittle, number one. Uh, I think that's clearly obvious. He's a top five tight end in football, period. One of the best blocking tight ends right now in football. Very physical. Uh, he's a gamer. He can definitely get you aggravated as an opposing fan because the guy can just do it all. He just adds to their offensive line death as when he's in there as another blocker. He's a sixth blocker for them. Uh, and he's not no slouch when it comes to the receiving game either. He can do it all. Uh, he's got good hands. He's very hard to bring down. Physical runner. Uh, he'll get up after getting a first down and just scream, get amped, get the team into it. Very good tight end. Um, and for sure the best tight end in our division. At number two... Tyler Higby. I mean, it was close between him and Zach Ertz, but Tyler Higby, as of late, has been the better tight end. I think Zach Ertz in Philadelphia had a good run. But right now, I for sure have to put Tyler Higby. Higby get, has been getting hurt a little bit more than I'd like, but when, when in there, man, Higby is just a baller. He definitely needs to work on his catching. I notice he has some brick hands. 
And, you know, maybe that's happening because Stafford just throws rockets. I don't know. But there's no way I couldn't put Tyler Higby at number two here. I would say he's probably a top 12 tight end in football. Uh, I think that's fair. Maybe top 10. Uh, so at number three, Zach Ertz. As you're going to hear me mention with these pass catchers, running backs in Arizona, it's going to be tough for them with the offensive line and, and the quarterback play. Uh, this team is definitely going to need him to be a leader to really get the QB, whoever's there, in line. Um, this isn't the Zach Ertz from Philadelphia. He's definitely not the same injuries. Obviously played a big role in that. Uh, he's not going to be as explosive as he was, but I still feel he's good enough to be the third best tight end in this division. Uh, number four, Noah Fant. Uh, this is Seattle Seahawks starting tight end, and they got him in a trade from the Denver Broncos last year. I think Noah Fant is a guy that a lot of people, at least in the fantasy community, were really hoping would blow up in, in Denver and then in Seattle. Uh, but he really hasn't done that. He's been a, a little bit of an average tight end. That's someone you could really rely on. And now with the loaded wide receiver room in Seattle, they're going to run a lot of three wide receiver sets. Uh, no offense, role will definitely be more limited than they have Will Disley there. So I think talent-wise, he's definitely got to be at four for that. But he's going to need to show some production to stay there. Because at number five, I feel Trey McBride is going to be that guy that's going to – he's at five now. But he came on last year at the end. You know, tight ends, rookie tight ends take a while to take off. And that was definitely the case with McBride. He has Zach Ertz there. And that's another reason I have Ertz at three because him and McBride may be switching. Maybe McBride could even pass Higby. I don't think he'll pass Kittle. But he's the guy to look out for. This is year two for him. Good blocker, good pass catcher. Uh, I'm really excited to see what Trey McBride can do in year two. And then lastly for the offense, um, we're going to do the offensive line. Obviously, I can't do five. So this will be the top four offensive line in the NFC West. Again, my Rams fans, told you I wasn't going to be biased, all right? So, again, San Francisco is number one on this list. Um, they got probably the best offensive lineman in football in Trent Williams, and that's a big part of why I have them here. They lost Brunskill and McClutchy. Um, whatever his name is, I don't know how big of a loss that is. Um, but this offensive line is, is the best in our division right now. I do feel, however... Uh, the Rams will take that spot over, and that's why I have at number two, Steve Avella, man. That boy's going to be special for us. You know, the Rams right now are they're not setting an offensive line. It's exciting. Um, they're letting everyone earn it right now. Those five spots are up for grabs. So I think the Rams are going to have a, a great bounce-back season for their offensive line, and that's really going to help push our offense back to what Sean McVay wants it to be. Um, and then at number three, Seattle Seahawks. I know they drafted Cross last year as their left tackle. He, he he had some struggles as a rookie, 
It's not really the best offensive line. Geno Smith definitely got pressured a lot last year, so I had to put them at three. And then Arizona is just going to be at the bottom a lot. It's not a good team. The offensive line is very bad. Uh, they're going to have poor quarterback play, which is going to lead to poor offensive line production, probably holding the ball too long, not getting rid of it in time. So that, there you have it. Um, didn't want to break down position groups for offensive line. I just want to do it as a core. I feel like, you know, you want your offensive line as a group to be judged. And I feel the, the list here is accurate. If, if everyone in the comments, you know, that's watching this, if you disagree with anything I say, just go in the comments, talk some junk. Let me know what you would put um, as your top in all of these groups. And quickly, if you aren't already, please make sure to join our Patreon. Patreon.com backslash Toilets to Titles. We have a bunch of different levels. Um, everything's explained there. There's great features you can get, especially if you're getting into fantasy football or if you're in it and you're just busy and you need someone to really help you. Um Join the Patreon, man. You could reach out to all of us, the whole team at Toilets to Titles, where we'll get you in the Gilded chat, which if you're not familiar with that, it's just like Discord. Um, it's a little server, and you can ask us questions there. You could add us so we get notified. We'll help you out. Uh, you'll get in the Frankenstein League. I know a lot of you out there love that league. Um, spots are filling up quickly, so you'll get a free entry in there so make sure to check it out show some support um we have merch that's in development as well we have some stuff now that um you can reach out to any of us if you want to get your hands on it yeah so just show some support and i appreciate you guys all right now let's get into the defense defensive line now, this is what I did as individuals because I feel like there's a lot of individual superstars in this position group, starting with the GOAT, Aaron Donald. Um, I mean, the man sat out the second half of last year. I think he missed, like, the last five games. Um, but it was smart. You know, the season wasn't going to plan. Let him rest, get, get rejuvenated. And let's just try to make some noise this year. So, clear cut, best defensive line in football, best defensive lineman of all time, best defensive player of all time, Aaron Donald. Uh, number two, Nick Bosa. I mean, the man just went off last year, defensive player of the year. He is uh, a troublesome guy to deal with. If you're an offensive lineman, um, he's lengthy, gets his hands on you. He can really set the edge, not only get to the quarterback, but also stop your running back that's trying to do a, a toss out to either side. So, yeah, Nick Bosa at number two. Um, Javon Hargrave, uh, San Fran signed him this year from the Philadelphia Eagles. 
I don't think he's the best defensive lineman in football, but when you're playing with Bosa and the guy I'm going to talk about next, it's not going to be hard for him to get one-on-ones and just cause mayhem in that middle. He played in one of the best defensive lines of all time last year in Philadelphia and really blew up, and now he's getting paid $20 million a year on a four-year deal. So I definitely think he's the third best defensive lineman in this division and playing alongside Nick Bosa and at number four, Eric Armstead is huge. Eric Armstead's just super tall, man. Uh, these three together, you know, it, it's it had to be done in these rankings. Um, Armstead just can bat the ball down so good, man, just because his height and he's going to be setting that edge opposite side Bosa, but he could rotate around the whole defensive line, so – this defensive line might lead the, the league in sacks, them or Philadelphia. So having three of them in the top four is no surprise. And then at number five, I really struggled. But I put in Jaron Reed, uh, the veteran. I think he's 29, 30 years old. Uh, you know, he's a run stopper, not a guy that gets a lot of sacks. I feel at number five, that's fair for defensive linemen in this division. I definitely want to do another one of these rankings come midseason and compare it to to this. And hopefully I get some Rams up in here. But, hey, having Aaron Donald, can't be mad at that. All right, linebackers. Um, Fred Warner, number one. I really need to talk about this guy. He's probably the best linebacker in football. End-to-end, he has crazy speed. He's a sure tackler, and he could also get interceptions and stop the run. Like, there's really nothing that Fred Warner can't do, and he just keeps getting better every season. At number two, an X-Ram, Bobby Wagner. It was unfortunate when he got released, but it's understandable for what the Rams want to do. His age, I believe he's 33 now. Uh, and I mean, he balled out last year, the highest rated PFF linebacker, great tackler, pretty much getting slow though. End to end, he can't really cover line, uh, running backs, tight ends. He struggles against in coverage. Uh, he's not what he was, but he's definitely good enough to be the second best linebacker in this division. Uh, number three, Dre, Dre Greenlaw. I do not like this guy. Very dirty player, but I told you I'm taking bias out of this and not being biased at all, putting him at three. I probably could have put him at two as well because this guy just cracks. Um, he's not a good cover guy, though. That's Warner more so. But he's definitely a guy that can just sh- lock up that middle. If you're going across the middle, he's going to crack you, so. Yeah, Dre Greenlaw, number three. At four, Ernest Jones, heading into year three. I'm really excited to see the development here. I believe he's going to really be a household name. I have him as our breakout player of the whole season for the Rams. He's getting raves from Morris. Uh, So 
I'm excited, and I feel like at four, that's very fitting for him. Uh, it's a, a division that has some very good linebackers. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what Aaron, Ernest Jones does in year three. And then at number five, Jordan Brooks, uh, good cover guy here too as well. Him and Wagner, that's a nice uh, duo along with Warner and Greenlaw. So, yeah, our division has some great dual linebackers going on here. And I feel that at number five, that's a perfect fit for Brooks. It was close with him and Ernest Jones, but Ernest Jones, I feel, is really going to take that next step. And he showed last year that he improved big time, and now he's going to be a leader. So I'm excited. He'll get a lot of tackles. He'll uh, be relied upon a lot for that. So top five defensive backs, cornerbacks, I should say. Um, number one, Seattle, I got you. Tariq Woolen, rookie last year. Reminds me of Richard Sherman, long, lengthy, very good in coverage, man. This kid's going to be special. Um, Seattle got a baller. They, they did their thing in the draft last year, and this was uh, probably one of their best picks. That they made last year. Uh, number two, Traveris Ward. He really started off hot on the season. Then he kind of had some some rough games towards the end. You know, DK Metcalf. He struggled against him. Uh, but I think he's a solid cornerback. A guy you could throw out there and say, "Hey, cover the number one." He really plays close to the line uh, and man to man. So Traveris Ward, number two. At number three, I'm going with Kobe Durant. Another guy I think is going to be a household name. He is the Rams' number one cornerback right now. Uh, it's a lot of pressure taking over for Jalen Ramsey, but if you're a Rams fan, you've been watching OTAs, he looks very confident. His defensive back room and, and the defense in general looks very confident, excited. You know, this season for the Rams is like anyone really has a shot to get some serious snaps and and become a starter, and I think Kobe Durant's going to do his thing. You know, he had that pick six last year, three interceptions on the season. As I mentioned in my previous video, he does need to work on his tackling, but cover skills-wise, Durant is special, man, and that's why I have him at number three. At number four, Devin Witherspoon, rookie. So this is all potential, but, you know, you should check out our guys at CFB Nation. They'll tell you all about him. And he's the first cornerback drafted out of Illinois. I think he's definitely a guy that could probably go up to number two. Him and Woolen might be the best cornerbacks in this division, but him being a rookie, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it a little hard on him. I'm gonna keep him at four. Um, with obviously the potential when I do my midseason show to go up. And I'm excited to see what he can do just not against my Rams. Uh, and then at number five, Marco Wilson. Uh, this is the number one cornerback for Arizona. I think he's a pretty damn good player as well. I was really – it was tough to put him, not put him uh, above Witherspoon, being a rookie and all that. Um, watching Witherspoon's film and uh, the potential that I see, I just had to put him at four and Wilson at five and – and lock up that top five cornerback, NFC West. 
And safeties. Um, Buda Baker, number one. Man, this dude's a monster. Hit, speed, interceptions. Does it all. He's the leader on this defense. He's their captain. He is the heart of Arizona. If I was an Arizona Cardinals fan, I would have his jersey already. I'd have both of them, even after the number change. I do remember when Cam Akers knocked him on his butt. That was nuts and hard to do because Buda Baker is so good. He's just a hybrid safety that could just cover and take out a tight end as well. Uh, number two, Talanoa Hufanga. Hopefully I'm saying his name right, first name. Uh, this guy can hit. He looks like a baby Troy Palomalo out there. He's in a great system for a safety because he could just come off the edge and blitz. And you already got those guys on the defensive line pushing their guys over, and it, it's just mayhem. He'll get an interception to the house. He definitely has the potential to move up to number one on this list. Um, he's younger, and he's on a better defense, so that's definitely going to help him out. But he's a good tackler. Uh, Quandre Diggs at number three. Diggs is a, a solid safety. I'm not going to say he's a great safety, uh, but I think he's got enough to be at number three here. Uh, Julian Love, they just got him from the New York Giants. I really like this dude, and if the Rams weren't in that not signing anyone mood, I think this was a guy I would have loved to see come to L.A. since that's probably our weakest position group, safety. Um, but, hey, that gives them a nice tandem there in Seattle. They have Jamal Adams as well, but he's always hurt, and I think he's super overrated, so I couldn't put him in my top five. So I just put Julian Love. Uh, and then, you know, ended with Jordan Fuller. Missed last year, but, man, that dude can tackle, and he's so smart out of Ohio State. His IQ, he's going to be relied upon big time with this young secondary. From what I've seen so far in camp, he's taken on that leadership role. So I'm excited for Fuller, man. Um I'm hopeful he can move up this list. It will be hard because there's a lot of good safeties, but he's young, and, um, yeah, we're really going to need that help and for him to have another 100-tackle uh, season. And then lastly, we have to go with the coaches, right? Because in football, coaching matters. Um, at number one, Sean McVay, uh, to, be on, to be on this list, to be – Ranked where I'm ranking them, you need that Super Bowl, right? Because this division has two Super Bowl winners. So at one is McVay, the more, more recent Super Bowl winner. Over 60% win percentage in his career, even after that debacle last year. Made it to two Super Bowls, three NFC West titles. And he took over a 4-12 and team and led them to the playoffs in his first season. He really made Jared Goff who he's become and who he was. Sean uh, McVay is such a a great coach. Uh, players love to play for him. Uh, he's a genius when it comes to offense and play design. So I think there might be people that might want Pete Carroll at one uh, if you're a Seahawks fan. But I think in general, McVay is a top three coach in football. So number one for me. Uh, number two, Pete Carroll. As I mentioned, this division has two Super Bowl winners, and that's how you're going to get placed here. And Pete Carroll's 
do done a great job in Seattle. Last year was supposed to be a rebuild, and they made the playoffs. Uh, he made Geno Smith a superstar in his own right. He's put together some big wins with a roster that has a lot of holes in it, and he's been killing the draft. Uh, and, the, and the guys he's getting, he's making it work. So P. Carroll, number two. Uh, number three, Kyle Shanahan. I think he has potential to be a better coach, but he needs that Super Bowl. Uh, the team's loaded. I get it. He hasn't had a quarterback, but doesn't seem like he's in a rush to get a quarterback. Seems like he's always content with what he has, and then it bites him in the butt. So uh, he's a genius when it comes to offense. Up until playoff time, seems like he really gets nervous, doesn't really do what was working for him in the previous weeks, uh, in the regular season. So he, he needs to get a Super Bowl ring, and then people will probably have him higher on their list, as, and maybe I will as well. But uh, it's a great division for coaching. And then number four, Jonathan Gannon, rookie coach, head coach. Uh, he's coming from the Philadelphia Eagles, the defensive coordinator. And he has his shoes filled. He's already clearing house. He's trying to rebuild his team. I think there's a big potential that if they have a top pick next year, they go Caleb Williams and let Kyler Murray go in a trade. So, I mean, there's no way you could put Gannon ahead of any of these three guys. He has to prove it, and I don't think he's going to prove it for a while because, well, there's not much he has to work with. Um, so that's it, Ramley, Toilet Tribe. Uh, top five position groups. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. As I mentioned earlier, make sure to like this video. Um, the last video had over a thousand views, so I want to thank all of the Ramley, all of the Toilet Tribe. Thank you all for tuning in, showing support. Um, it's greatly appreciated. We have a lot of great content right now. Cowboys content, Jaguars content, Packers content. So if you're a fan of a team, it's here. Um, I know Justin also does all the teams, and he gets people on his shows that are fans. Um, so go to our videos, check out our videos, go to live, check out our lives, shorts. Shorts are every day. There's multiple shorts being posted. Uh, we love sports here, football, college, NFL. Uh, make sure to join the Patreon. And Ramley, I'm out. Be safe. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. One love. See ya. It's 4 a.m. in New Bedford. I'm getting my shit together. City just ain't safe. These kids down for whatever. Letting the lead fly. They flocking just like a feather. I couldn't stay there forever. Career not getting better. I ain't no rapper. Can't imagine not getting cheddar. They posting pics in their base models. Not even leather. It's not even leather. It's 4 a.m. City just ain't safe. I'm still here, nothing changed.
What's up, Title Tribe? We appreciate you watching the show. If you want to catch up on all of our college football content, make sure you subscribe to the CFB Nation by clicking their link below. Make sure you subscribe to the Toilets Titles Podcast Network by clicking our link below. And make sure to catch our other content by watching these videos to the side.